Hello and welcome to the huddle. I hope you're having a great week. Sadly, Neil's not going to be joining me for today's episode. Uh, Neil, you're going to be missed. Uh, hope to have him back for the next episode, but uh, we have some some fun games and some ugly games to go through this week. I, I, I'm sitting here recording this podcast and I was almost gonna be like Neil, can can you just record it tonight? I to talk about football for me right now is it's tough. It is tough. Uh, my playoffs started in four leagues this week. I had a buy in two of them, and I had to play in the first matchup in the other two. And to say I had the toughest week of my fantasy football career is is not lying. Uh, one of my leagues I lost by 3.2 points, which that's not even the tough loss yet. Like, that's tough. Uh, yes, it is. Tom Brady did nothing. Alvin Kamara did nothing. Darnell Mooney couldn't quite do enough, and I lost to Washington's kicker last night in the game. He got just enough to put him over the edge. But in my other league where I had won two years in a row, I got knocked out week one. I I lost by 0.1 points, lost by a yard. So I'm, I'm still kind of a little devastated from that loss. But we'll we'll come back next year. We're going to come back stronger. Got some young guys I'm looking forward to. But never easy to lose by 0.1. I know Neil was enjoying a bye in the league. I lost by 0.1. And so, Neil, go win the league. I hope you can do well next week and you can uh, take home the championship this year, but I'll I'll be back. I'll be back next year. But hey, I hope everyone listening, uh, start this out on a down note. I hope your fantasy weeks went well. I hope you did better than I did. I struggled and I guess depending on who you had, you might have done very poorly. Maybe if you had Tyree Killer, Travis Kelsey, you did very well. And uh, speaking about them, we're going to jump right into the Thursday game. And that was the Chiefs versus the Chargers. The Chiefs were able to pull this game out and win this 34-28 to on a 34-yard receiving touchdown in overtime by Travis Kelsey. And that capped off his absolutely monster game. 10 catches, 191 yards, and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill went for 12 catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown of his own. Every other receiver for the Chiefs was basically non-existent. Hopefully you started them in your playoff matchups this week. I don't know why. I know Kelsey's been a little down, hasn't been doing as well as we're used to, but I really hope you didn't bench Travis Kelsey because he probably carried you to a victory this week. And even Mahomes, great game, 410 yards, three touchdowns, uh, one interception. On the other side of it, you had Justin Herbert. Uh, Not a, a great game, 236 two touchdowns, an INT. Uh, Chargers went for a lot of fourth downs in this game and just weren't able to convert them. They could have kicked some field goals, may not have gone to overtime. Who knows if the game would have been different, but Chargers decided they were going to be aggressive. They were going to go for it, and I think it might have cost them in this game, and of course, Chiefs get the ball in overtime, and they were able to end it with a touchdown. So a big, big win for the Chiefs as they are now sitting in first place, or still sitting in first place, I should say, in the AFC, which let's just talk about this AFC-NFC playoff race really quick before we get to the rest of the games. So the Chiefs at number one, you got the Patriots at number two, they're nine and five, Titans at three at nine and five, and then you have... The Bengals at four, the Colts at five, Chargers at six, and the Bills at seven. And all of those teams have an eight and six record sitting in the playoff spots right now. But then you look down, you have the Ravens also at eight and six, but are outside of the playoffs. And then the Steelers at seven, six, and one. And then you have the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Broncos all at seven and seven. So that AFC race is incredibly close. You cannot afford to lose games here in the in the closing weeks of the NFL season, but a, a very tight race there. And it's amazing. The Ravens, they're not even in the playoffs right now, and they need Lamar Jackson uh, back. Although, as we're going to see, Tyler Huntley played a, a great game, and it played against a good Packers team, who the Packers are number one 
in the NFC. They have clinched a playoff spot. Haven't clinched the first round by, but they have clinched a playoff spot. So they will be in the playoffs this year. So they're sitting at number one. Then you got the Cowboys two, the Bucks three, the Cardinals four, and the Rams five. All those teams at 10 and four. So those the two, three, four rankings could see uh, those possibly change. And then you have the Niners at six at an eight and six record. And then the Vikings, they are back in the playoffs with a win over the Bears sitting at seven and seven. But you have the Eagles and the Saints also at seven and seven that are right on the Vikings heels. So these last uh, matchups, these last few games that all these teams have are going to be very, very close, very tight. They're must win games. Washington, six and eight. The Falcons, six and eight. Not as much of a chance for you. And then the Panthers at five and nine, along with the Seahawks at five and nine. And then you got the Giants at four and ten. They're pretty much out of it. They'd have to, I believe, win out and have some things go their way uh, quite well if they want a chance to make it. Uh, Bears got eliminated along in uh, Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, and the Jets are also all eliminated as well. So super exciting playoff pictures coming up in the next few weeks. Going to be big. Going to be big. Very, very tight race. Definitely a fun one to watch. But that Thursday game, big win for the Chiefs. Remain number one. And if you're the Chargers, you got you to gotta keep winning here because, like I said, that, that AFC race is very, very, very tight. Uh, going, we did have a Saturday game. We were going to have two Saturday games, but one of them got moved to Monday because of COVID situations. So Saturday, the only game we had was the Patriots versus the Colts. And the Colts were able to pull this one out 27-17. It was a 20-17 game until Jonathan Taylor ripped off a long run toward the end of the game to kind of seal the deal. So for those of you that had Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, he kind of was putting up a bit of a dud game before that happened because Taylor did not get a target in the passing game, which is a bit of a surprise I had him going. I also had Michael Pittman going because I had some receivers on on COVID list. And boy, did Pittman disappoint with a bad performance, as did most of the Colts' offense. There was not a receiver for the Colts that had more than one reception. You had Pascal with one, Hilton with one, Hines with one, Pittman with one, and Jack Doyle with one catch apiece as they just leaned on Jonathan Taylor, who rushed it 29 times for 170 yards and a touchdown to kind of carry the load and help them win this game. On the Patriots side of things, Mac Jones, one yard shy of 300 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. Not a phenomenal game, 26 of 45 uh, it wasn't quite enough. Hunter Henry, though, monster game. Got his red zone targets and got his touchdowns, which always puts him on the board in fantasy if he can get those those touchdowns down there in the red zone. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was, uh, I had him going. I played him. I was expecting big things with no Damian Harris, and he, he let me down. 10 carries and for 36 yards and only had one catch for four yards. They ended up using uh, Brandon Bolden kind of toward the end of the game as they were trailing the Colts, uh, I think, all game. Uh, yeah, they've trailed them, tra- trailed them all game in this one. So sadly, Ramondre was not a good start. I, I did start Ramondre over James Robinson, which you could argue James Robinson was a better, he was a better start, but going in, I just didn't like what Robinson been doing. But uh, tough loss for the Pats. You're still 9-5. and five. You're still sitting there. You're looking good for playoffs. But got to win your uh, your next couple matchups, and the Colts continue to roll. They look very, very good. I don't see either of these teams missing the playoffs, but you never know. Weird things have happened this weird year. So big win for the Colts there. And now Jonathan Taylor has a rush touchdown in 11 straight games, which is tied for the third longest single-season streak since 1950. So Jonathan Taylor is doing things that we have not seen happen in a very long time. That guy is just an absolute monster of an athlete. Uh, moving on to our next game, you got the Cowboys versus the Giants. And the Cowboys were able to win this 21-6 to and have now beat the Giants 9 out of their last 10 games. So if you're a Giants fan, you don't really like facing the Cowboys at this point. Mike Glennon was 
awful. Three interceptions, 99 yards. Even Mr. Fromm came in for the Giants, was 6 of 12 uh, for 82 yards. He was no better. Uh, Dak Prescott, 217 in a touchdown. Wasn't crazy um, through the air. Uh, Pollard, seems like Pollard just continues to outperform Ezekiel Elliott. And I have Elliott in a league and it's tough to trust him. He was able to get a rushing touchdown in this one, which if you were relying on him for fantasy, probably saved that day. Was able to add a few catches in. But Dalton Schultz now, he was the guy that stepped up in the passing game for Dallas with eight catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, six for 50. Gallup, three for 32. And Amari Cooper, only two for eight, which is a very rough game for him. That Dallas receiving core is so deep with Schultz, Lamb, Gallup. You even have Pollard throwing to you want to get Elliott the ball and Cooper. It's tough to know which guy is going to be the most consistent every week. I think you got to rely CD Lamb, but is, is Schultz going to get more? Is Cooper going to get more? Gallup going to get it? So uh, tough to guess. I'm surprised Dak Prescott isn't a little bit better than he's been with how many weapons he has there. And then that defense continues just to dominate. They have one of the best, if arguably one of the best defenses in the entire league. And uh, Devontae Booker did outperform Saquon Barkley on the Giants side of it. But uh, Saquon will be fine. He needs to uh, Hopefully he can be a little bit better next year, especially if you have him fantasy-wise. He went 15 carries for 50 yards, where Booker went 8 carries for 74 yards. Barkley's longest carry of the night was 6 yards. Uh, was targeted 8 times, though, and caught 4 of them for 24 yards, so that's promising. Kenny Galladay, 7 targets there. So, second leading uh, uh, target person for the Giants. I don't think you're starting anyone from the Giants offense unless you might be starting Saquon if you're in a deeper league or you're just kind of desperate or really need (laughs) to fill maybe a flex spot or you're running back too if you're not deep in that position but good win for the Cowboys you should beat the Giants and you did beat the Giants Uh, this next game was a battle of uh, two pretty bad teams Texans versus the Jaguars and I know Neil and I were talking last week well maybe the Jags are going to get a win now that uh, Myers out of there and they'll play better. And I think to an extent, maybe you could say they did, but they still didn't play great. They finally gave James Robinson the ball, 18 carries, 75 yards and a touchdown, uh, along with three catches for 13 yards. So good to see him getting more involved again. Trevor Lawrence, 210, uh, 210 yards, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. So I guess that's a good thing for Lawrence. Davis Mills, though, was able to help the Texans get the win over the Jaguars, 30-16, to as he threw uh, 209 with two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, so not uh, a phenomenal game, but Brandon Cooks, boy, seven catches, 102 yards, two touchdowns. He looked phenomenal. Uh, Davis Mills looks like he's been better than Tyrod recently, especially Tyrod looked great at the beginning. I think week one, they go out there. Tyrod looks great. Like, ooh, are the Houston going to do something? And then Tyrod gets hurt and he's just never been the same. And it kind of seems to be the story of his career. He goes in, he gets benched for some reason and the backup comes in and uh, Tyrod doesn't get another chance. So I, as of right now, I believe Davis Mills will be the starter here on out and probably the uh, starter at the start of next year, I'm assuming no Deshaun Watson. I'm sure he'll get traded in the offseason. So Mills will probably be uh, be the starter there. And uh, who knows? He likes Brandon Cooks. He looks for him. And if you had Cooks, I was going against Cooks in one of my fantasy leagues where I lost by 3.2. He had Brandon Cooks. I had Amari Cooper. What are you going to do, right? <laughs> That's tough. But good win for the Texans here over the Jags. And I'm sure for the Jags, you don't mind losing. Maybe you're trying to get a better draft spot next year. But 30-16 Texans over the Jags. And Houston has won eight straight games versus the Jacksonville Jaguars now. Uh, Another pretty good game against uh, the Titans and the Steelers. The Steelers were able to pull this game out by a score of 19-13. Big news for this game, Ben Roethlisberger surpassed Phillip Rivers. For fifth most pass yards in NFL history, he went uh, with 63,440 passing Phillip Rivers for fifth most pass yards. So congratulations to Ben Roethlisberger. Moving up to fifth all-time 
that's uh, that's pretty cool. Congratulations to him, and congratulations to the Steelers for beating the Titans and keeping themselves right there in the playoff hunt as they sit on the bubble as the nine seed, seven six and one. I know earlier in the year we weren't high on the Steelers, and I still don't know if how I feel about them. But they're able to play teams well. They're able to to just pull out some wins in these games. As Roethlisberger and Tannehill, neither of them played great. The run game was not great for Pittsburgh, but the run game was pretty good for uh, Tennessee as they rushed for 201 yards as a team on 42 carries. Deontay Foreman led the way with 22 carries for 108 yards, but the Steelers' defense was able to uh, kind of be the driving force in this one as Tannehill threw an interception and also lost a fumble. Ferkser lost a fumble and a guy, R. McMath, I, I'm not even sure who this guy is, but he also is the Titans wide receiver. One of the wide receivers also lost a fumble in this one. So good job. Steelers defense, you got to keep that up. Najee Harris was a big disappointment for the Steelers. I had him going in the league. I lost by 0.1 and he had 12 carries for 18 yards and two catches for eight yards. So very disappointing on his end. Deontay Johnson underperformed five catches for 38 yards when you expect a lot more out of him. So kind of an ugly game between these two teams, but the Steelers defense stepped up and were able to come away with the win 19 to 13 in this game over the Steelers and continue to keep their name in that playoff conversation and and talking about playoff conversations you have the Miami Dolphins who if you'd have told me about a month ago that their name would still be in the conversation it would be crazy they were they started the season one and seven one and seven and now they have won six straight games to go back to seven and seven and it's the first time since 2016 that Miami has won six straight games and they beat the Jets on on Sunday, 31 to 24. And this was no easy task as I believe it was tied 24 to 24 uh, later in the fourth until Tua hit, I believe it was uh, Devonte Parker uh, to put him up 31 to 24 to beat the Jets. If, if you lose to the Jets in this one, that's, that's pretty tough for you, but they were able to pull it out, able to beat the Jets and continue to keep their name right there, which is just phenomenal. I mean, I'm going for the, the Vikings. I'm going for the Dolphins. Those are my top top two teams, so good to see them continue to play well. Tua did throw two interceptions, but also had two touchdowns on uh, 196 yards. Uh, receiving, like I said, Parker had a touchdown. Uh, Gesicki did have five catches, but only for 43 yards. Uh, For the rushing, though, Gaskin did play, but only had 10 carries. Was very efficient, though, as he rushed for 54 yards on those 10 carries. But it was Duke Duke Johnson who took over. 22 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns for them. If you're thinking about picking Duke Johnson up, uh, maybe not a bad pickup, but who knows if he's going to be the guy. Are they going to give Gaskin more carries? Is it going to be a timeshare? Are they going to play the hot hand? So I I would stay away from Miami's backfield unless one of them gets hurt. But great game for Duke Johnson and for the Jets. As a team, they did rush for over 100 yards on 24 carries, so well done. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, threw for 170 yards but was 13-23. He'll continue to develop and hopefully get some pieces back. I know Michael Carter was back. Wasn't phenomenal, but coming off an injury. And uh, Elijah, Elijah Moore, hopefully they'll come back and be big for them next year, and the Jets can continue to improve. But... Always tough to believe in the in the Jets, but well done, Dolphins. Way to win this game. Uh, talking about bad teams like the Jets, you got the Lions, and <laughs> the Lions had a home game against the Arizona Cardinals. And if you would have told me that the Lions were going to beat the Cardinals, I'd have told you there is absolutely zero chance that happens. But that's exactly what happened. The Lions beat the Cardinals 30-12. to 30-12. to 12. They beat the Cardinals by 18 points. I don't know if anyone was uh, thinking the Lions were going to be a, what, a plus 18 in, in this game. 
But they just put it to them. They played well. The defense stepped up. Kyler was 23 of 41 for 257 yards. Only one touchdown and an interception. They didn't rush the ball a ton, ball a ton, although they were pretty effective. Chase Edmonds came back with six carries for 53 yards. And I had Edmonds going in a league where I thought he was going to do well against a, a very bad Lions team and Connor dealing with a bit of an ankle injury, but he didn't do much. Christian Kirk, nine catches, 94 yards and a touchdown. He was the guy that stepped up. He did perform well, even though the Cardinals offense did not perform well. Ertz for six and for six catches, 74 yards. He did well. Now, even A.J. Green, four for 64. Not awful if you uh, started him as well. For the Lions side, just took uh, Goff, 21-26, 216 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown, just continues to be Jared Goff's number one guy. 11 more targets on Sunday, eight catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Reynolds decided to join the party with six catches of his own, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And the running back, Mr. Craig Reynolds, who came in last week and kind of made a name for himself, really making a name for himself now, 26 carries, 112 yards, had himself a very nice day. It's actually the most rush yards by a Detroit player in for, in their first career start since 1980. So well done, Craig Reynolds. Great game. Well done, Lions. Way to get another win. Crazy win against the Arizona Cardinals. We've seen so many crazy upsets, and this was definitely near, if not at, the top of the list this year. Uh, moving on to our next matchup, we had the Bills and the Panthers. The Bills were able to take care of business in this one. They beat the Panthers 31-14. to Buffalo has won by 15-plus points in each of their eight wins this season. So if they win, they win by a lot. And if they don't win by 15-plus, if it's lower than that, I guess they lose as they're sitting at 8-6 and six now. Josh Allen... Uh, pretty nice day. Three touchdowns, 210 yards, one interception. Uh, no crazy uh, stats for Stephon Diggs, although he did bail fantasy owners out with a touchdown as he only had four catches, 35 yards. Knox, four for 38, but it was Gabriel Davis who stepped up for five catches, 85 yards, and two touchdowns. So he stepped up, although I don't see him doing that every single week, although he could uh, continue to see five plus targets a game if Emmanuel Sanders remains away from that team. Devin Singletary, though, 22 carries, looked like the lead back, had 86 yards and a rushing touchdown of his own, along with one catch for 10 yards. So he was great. I still don't like Buffalo's run game, but if they're going to play in the, play with a lead and he is the number one guy, they got a great offense to go there. Cam Newton, ah, not the answer for the Panthers. Uh, 156, touchdown, interception. Did rush for another touchdown, though, on 15 carries, 71 yards, which really hurt Chuba Hubbard. Eight carries, 40 yards for him. Only one catch for one yard for Hubbard. Uh, Amir Abdullah was able to catch Cam Newton's touchdown pass. Uh, DJ Moore, though, did have 11 targets in the game, so he was looked for very often, only ended up with 48 yards on six catches. So it's tough to see DJ Moore ceiling games getting too high with Cam Newton throwing the ball in Carolina. But big win for the Bills. I didn't expect Carolina to beat them uh, in this matchup. So the Bills continue. Uh, good win. Get the Bills back uh, back on track in that one. Another very uh, big win was for the Bengals over the Denver Broncos. Bengals moved to 8-6. and six. The Broncos go to 7-7. Seven and seven. And the final score of this game was Cincinnati 15 to the Broncos 10. Denver's now 0-4 versus AFC North this season. So I get the Bengals don't want to play AFC North. They're, they're not playing super well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, sad news in this one. Uh, looks a, a pretty bad injury. I haven't read reports on uh, exactly what it is at this point, but... Uh, definitely our prayers are out for him that he recovers quickly and that uh, he can uh, get back to 100% and get back on the field. But Drew Locke came in with 6 of 12, 88 yards and a touchdown. So not super awful, only a 50% completion percentage though. In the rushing game, that had been 
so dominant for Denver. Wasn't awful. I mean, Javante Williams, 15 carries, 72 yards. Melvin Gordon also had 15 carries for 53 yards. So talk about a committee. They literally split the carries 50-50 in that matchup. And for receiving, who knows who you can start there. Jerry Judy, four targets, but zero catches. Cortland Sutton had two catches. Tim Patrick had three catches, but had the touchdown. Noah Fant, five catches for 57 yards, and sometimes I wonder where he has been all year, but he led the team with catches, although it was Cortland Sutton with seven targets who did lead Denver in the target game. They just have a lot of young receivers. Who knows? Maybe they'll go out and get Aaron Rodgers next year for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, 15-22, 157, and a touchdown. Mixon, 17 carries for 58 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase was held in check. Four targets, but only had one catch for three yards. Uh, even T. Higgins, only three targets, with, and he got two catches for 23 yards. It was Tyler Boyd. Uh, hopefully, maybe you guys started Tyler Boyd over T. Higgins and <laughs> Jamar Chase, but Boyd with five catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. So he was the number one receiver for the Bengals on Sunday, but Denver's defense did very well. They were able to just kind of shut down the Cincinnati offense, but Drew Locke did lose a fumble as well, so that turnover, uh, tough for Locke there, and a tough loss for the Broncos. Big win for the Bengals as they were able to come away with a, a five-point win, 15-10 to 10 in a not exactly exciting, high-powered kind of offense day that uh, you probably weren't expecting going into that game. Uh, then you had the uh, San Francisco 49ers beat the Atlanta Falcons 31-13. to No surprise here. Falcons fall to 6-8. and 8. 49ers move to 8-6. and six. San Francisco has now won three straight games at Levi's Stadium. And they had lost eight of the previous nine. So uh, playing better there, which is good for them, for the Niners. But Jimmy Garoppolo, 18-23, 235 and a touchdown, was able to manage the game well. Jeff Wilson, though, man, 21 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown, just was able to step in, finally took that lead role and did something with it when the past couple times it seemed like he'd put up some duds, wasn't able to get in the end zone, didn't get any targets. Uh, he was targeted twice, caught both of them for two, uh, caught both of them for nine yards. Uh, Debo rushed the ball six times, 29 yards, and also added a rushing touchdown. He's doing things as a receiver in the backfield that you, you just, you'd never see wide receivers do. Very special player. Added four catches for 60 yards. George Kittle, six catches, 93 yards. He is just an absolute beast out there. If you have in fantasy, he's an automatic plug and play every week as one of the best tight ends in fantasy football. Great win for the Niners here. Uh, Falcons struggling was never super excited about them, even though they were, I think sitting in a playoff spot a few weeks ago, we, we didn't think they would stay there. Matt Ryan did throw one touchdown, uh, 236 yards, uh, Mike Davis, nothing six for 21 Cordero Pat Cordero Patterson, 11 carries 18 yards. Uh, Russell Gage was the bright spots with eight catches, 91 yards and a touchdown, and Kyle Pitts, another eh, day, four catches, 77 yards. So young tight end, though, he will be great. I I think when the Falcons can figure some stuff out and uh, get maybe another weapon, maybe get Calvin Ridley back, it'll open the field up a little bit more for Pitts. But, I mean, Russell Gage, Pitts, those are your top options. Cordero Patterson's been great, but it seems like they're using him in the backfield more. I, I don't know why he doesn't get more targets in the passing game. That does surprise me a little bit, but... Yeah, 49ers win this game 31-13 to to continue to uh, make sure they make the playoffs, and it looks like they will at this point. Uh, one of the better games of the week was the Ravens versus the Packers. Very, very exciting. And honestly, you didn't think it was going to be as close. I believe it was Green Bay up 31-17 to uh, at one point in the fourth quarter, I believe. And the Ravens were able to come back, make it a 31-24 to game. They get the ball back again. They score a touchdown. They decide to go for the two-point conversion. And uh, 
they weren't able to convert it. If they get that, they go up 32-31. They give Aaron Rodgers the ball back with just a bit of time left, see if he could have driven them down for a last-second field goal. But Ravens were aggressive. They could have kicked it the extra point, maybe forced some overtime if Rodgers wasn't able to do anything. But, hey, they played aggressive, and it cost them. And just like the Chargers, they play aggressive, and it costs you. But if it doesn't, it... You may get a win over the Packers, but sadly the Ravens lose this. They are now out of the playoffs as it currently stands. For fantasy and player information-wise, Aaron Rodgers, 268, three touchdowns, phenomenal game. Uh, Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 58 yards, did out-carry A.J. Dillon, but it was A.J. Dillon who was able to punch the touchdown in. So for fantasy owners who cannot guess which running back is going to be better, only seven carries for 22 yards, though, for Dylan. Uh, Valdez Scantling, five catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae, six for 44 and a touchdown. Good thing he got the touchdown because six for 44 isn't a phenomenal stat line for Mr. Devontae Adams, who probably has bigger days ahead of him. On Baltimore side, Tyler Huntley. Man, he looks very good, 215 two touchdowns. He rushed the ball for 13 times for 73 yards and added two more touchdowns on the ground. So if you were brave enough to pick up Huntley, start him against the Packers defense in place of Lamar Jackson this week, you were definitely rewarded with an absolute monster fantasy performance there. I think that Latavius Murray only seven carries for 48 good stat. I mean, seven for 48 is nice. Devontae Freeman though, six carries for 22. So I thought Freeman was the guy there. Murray out-touched him going into my, one of my play, uh, another playoff matchups next week in my fantasy leagues. I don't know if I'm going to want to start Devontae Freeman. It might be a tough start. Uh, Marquise Brown, 10 catches, only 43 yards, but 14 targets, so it's promising. That was huge. That's a lot of targets, a lot of catches, not a lot of yards. But Mark Andrews was the story of this game. 10 catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns on 13 targets an absolute monster game I had him going and I still see I still found a way to lose in a league don't know how that happens but I'm guessing some of you rode Mark Andrews to a week one playoff victory this week because that is a monster stat line for Mr. Mark Andrews and We'll see if Lamar Jackson can come back next week. But even if Lamar doesn't, guys like Mark Andrews and Marquise, it looks like you you might have to plug them into your lineups because they had 13 targets for Andrews, 14 targets for Marquise Brown and Huntley. Man, he looks looks very good. But Packers win this game, clinch a playoff spot, sit at number one in the NFC and continue to play well. And they also clinched the NFC North. So... Yeah, Vikings can't get back there. Didn't think they would, but congrats to the Packers for for clinching the NFC North. As tough as that, as tough as that is <laughs> to say. Uh, we'll go to our Sunday night game, and I I know Neil was at this game, the Saints versus the Buccaneers. And Neil, I'm I am sorry about this game. It was I I thought it would be a little better for you. I thought it would turn out much differently. I think it was the first time Tom Brady had been shut out in a game in 255 games or something like that. Brady just doesn't get shut out, and he did in this Sunday night matchup. For some reason, the Saints know how to beat the Buccaneers. Tom Brady uh, shut out for the first time since week 15, 2006, at Miami. So it has been a very long time since Tom Brady was shut out. The Saints didn't really play that well either. Taysom Hill didn't do much. Tom Brady didn't do much. Neither run game. Uh, uh, Tampa had a, had a decent run game. Ronald Jones, 8 carries for 63. Fournette, 9 for 34. Vaughn, 3 for 19. Brady, 1 for 2. So it wasn't a bad running game for the Bucks. but big news coming out of this one. Leonard Fournette goes down with an injury. Chris Godwin goes down with an injury, and Mike Evans goes down with an injury. Godwin towards ACL. He is out for the remainder of the season, which is a big blow to the Bucks. but I believe they have Antonio Brown back, which will help them in a big way. Evans is week to week. I'm not sure his status as of right now. He's going to have to step up. If he plays, he will get targeted a lot. Fantasy-wise, I think he'd be pretty big. Leonard Fournette also, I don't know if he plays this week. Um, 
as he's questionable coming out with an injury, but hopefully he can come back as well as Tampa. You need those guys. You need Fournette. You need Mike Evans, and losing Godwin is tough. Got to stay healthy, and they were not able to do that on Sunday. And the Saints were able to do enough, which 9-0, to ugly game. I mean, Kamara, 11 carries, 18 yards, and two catches for 13 yards, six targets. Marcus Callaway was the bright spot in the game for six catches for 112 yards the only guy that really did much in this one but man what a win for the Saints and I'm bummed too I wanted the Bucks to beat the Saints so the Saints fall behind the Minnesota Vikings here in that seventh wild card spot but sadly the the Bucks just cannot figure out how to beat the Saints and I believe this was the Buccaneers first home loss this year um, coming to coming to them so they'll have to wait another week and try to clinch their uh, division uh, either next week or the week after I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work right now but weren't able to clinch it the division at home in front of their fans in this one just uh, uh, four games left we have two Monday games and two Tuesday games the Monday the first Monday game was the Raiders versus the Browns and the Raiders were able to squeeze this one out 16 to 14 over the Browns on a 48-yard field goal by Daniel Daniel Carlson as time expired. It was back and forth and for fantasy I was going against Foster Moreau and as we're watching this I'm thinking okay it's a fourth and six I think for the Browns Raiders are up 14 or no 13 to 6 I think at that point and I'm like if the Raiders stop them Moreau doesn't get any more catches they run the ball out game over right no the Browns had to score they go up 14 to 13 and of course the Raiders take the ball Moreau gets a couple catches and it ends up being just enough for my opponent to beat me because Mooney didn't quite do enough as we'll get to in a second and the Raiders were able to drive down the field after the Browns scored a late fourth quarter touchdown kick, that field goal as time expired to beat the Browns 16 to 14. And that's a that that's a that's a tough loss for the Browns. I mean, you're still 7 and 7. You're still fighting in that spot, but a win there would have been would have been pretty big for your hopes. So, now both the Raiders and the Broncos both sit at 7-7 seven seven outside of the playoffs. But a very, very close game between those two players. Derek Carr, 236, a touchdown in INT. Josh Jacobs, 15 carries, 52 yards. Nothing, Foster Moreau, like I said, leading the team with seven catches for 65 yards. Zay Jones, six for 67. And if you started Hunter Renfro in this game expecting big things, you were let down. He had three catches for 32 yards what a disappointment for a guy that's with no Darren Waller who had been an absolute he had been on fire recently he was he was a disappointment in this one if you had him going hopefully he didn't cost you your matchup this last week for the Browns he almost won he had no Baker Mayfield Nick Mullins was 20 of 30 for 147 yards and a touchdown Um, Nick Chubb though 23 carries 91 yards and a touchdown so he he was able to put together a good fantasy performance with that touchdown. He was fed the ball, but the Browns just weren't quite able to stop the Raiders' offense as they were able to drive down and get the final score. Our second Monday matchup was Vikings versus the Bears. And thank goodness the Vikings were able to take care of business as they beat the Bears 17-9. to uh, Kirk Cousins was not great <laughs> actually he was he was pretty bad he was 12 of 24 for 87 yards and two touchdowns and an INT although the INT may not have been his fault there might have been a missed call on the Bears yeah you go either way on that one I don't I don't think I'm being biased but still 12 attempts at a 20 it's just 50 percent completion percentage under 100 yards passing he he looks good and then he just looks so, so bad. Uh, thankfully, we're playing the Bears, and their offense could get absolutely like nothing going. Uh, Justin Fields, 26-39, 285, and a touchdown. So not a bad day for him. 
He found Komet six times for 71 yards. Found Mooney five times for 63 yards. Bird five times. Montgomery five times. So really spread the ball around in that offense. Montgomery, uh, David Montgomery carried the ball 18 times for 60 yards. Wasn't able to get a touchdown, but did salvage some fantasy points with five catches if you're in the PPR league. But not a big game for him like you might have been hoping for. Delvin Cook, 28 carries. But... Only 89 yards on those 28 carries, so it wasn't exactly super efficient as his longest run only went for 10 yards in this matchup. And it was Justin Jefferson who led the way for the Vikings, although there weren't many great things when your quarterback only throws for under 100 yards. Jefferson, though, four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. The only other guy, he had Smith-Marset catching a touchdown on one of his two targets for the day and then Osborne three catches for 21 yards so nothing crazy there hopefully the Vikings can continue to win we have a couple tough matchups coming up we got the Rams next week you got the the Packers the week after that you got to keep winning you got I think win at least one of these two next weeks keep yourself in that playoff conversation in the playoff hunt keep yourself in the seventh seed but Bears, you are out of the playoffs. You cannot make <laughs> playoffs anymore. I am sorry. You will have to start looking ahead to next year. And hopefully the Justin Fields is your guy. And I've got Cole Komet and six more catches on nine targets. I love to see that as a fantasy owner, uh, getting all those targets. Hopefully he can become something. And Darnell Mooney, I needed two more yards out of you. I needed one more catch out of you. And I don't lose by .1 points. I remember there was a, a touchdown that Mooney almost had, and they they called it. They did not call it a touchdown. And if that would have been a touchdown, I win in both my fantasy leagues this week. If Justin Fields doesn't miss Darnell Mooney in the end zone again, I think on a, a later drive, I I win that one. If he looks for Mooney on for one more catch on the last drive or two more for thirty, I I win in one. So. Darnell Mooney, you, you let me down in this one. I was I was hoping for just one, just one or two more catches out of you, but he's also a very young receiver. He's looking good, um, and we'll see what the Bears can do. We'll see if they can uh, look a little bit better next year. But well done, good job Vikings, good job winning that game. And it was uh, Minnesota's fewest net pass yards, sixty-one, in a win since Week Seven of twenty twelve. So good thing you can be so bad and still win. Uh, just two games left moving to our Tuesday games that just happened last night, the rare Tuesday doubleheader. You had the Seahawks and the Rams and the football team and the Eagles, and the Rams were able to take care of the Seahawks in L.A. as they beat the Seahawks 20-10, to 10. and st- I mean, Cooper Cup, I don't know what more <laughs> you can say about that guy. He surpassed uh, Hall of Fame Bruce who had 119 receptions in 1995 and cup now has uh the most uh for the most receptions in a season in the Rams history as Cooper Cup put him put probably a lot of fantasy teams on his back with his nine receptions 136 yards and his two touchdowns just another Cooper Cup massive performance you may be riding him all the way to playoffs this year. He is just an absolute beast. Odell Beckham, though, one catch, seven yards. Uh, Van Jefferson, two catches for 23 yards. So you may be, if you were able to make it through this week of playoffs and you had to play one of those two, you may be doing it differently next week, but it's still a good, good, good pass offense. Stafford, though, 21-29, 244, two touchdowns and INT. Uh, Sony Michelle. Led the way, 18 carries, 92 yards in this. Uh, two catches for 23 yards as well. So that backfield is going to be tough to predict. I know Henderson coming coming back and you're still, oh, Michelle might get more of the carries. I don't love that backfield or trying to predict what's going to happen in that backfield going into next week. I know I have Henderson in a league. I have Michelle in a league. I'm hoping I have some better options and can leave them on my bench. But either of them can be great starts as the Rams have a good offense. They move the ball well. And, yeah, doing played at the Seahawks. And we're able to beat them. Russell Wilson, he struggled. 156 in INT, no touchdowns. DJ Dallas with the rushing touchdown for the Seahawks. Only touchdown they had of the day on eight carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Penny did out 
uh, carry Dallas with 11 carries to Dallas's eight, but only put 39 yards in to Dallas's 41. So nothing great going for the running game on that end. Uh, Gerald Everett, four catches, 60 yards. Uh, DK Metcalf, though, had 12 targets in the game. No Tyler Lockett, so Metcalf was kind of the go-to guy that Russell Wilson was looking at the entire night. He ended with six receptions on those 12 targets for 52 yards. So not a phenomenal fantasy performance. Not like you'd expect from DK Metcalf with no Tyler Lockett and especially 12 targets going his way. But yeah, Rams have a good have a good defense and definitely were able to shut down Russell Wilson and the Seahawks in this matchup. And then moving on to our last game of the week. We had the football team and the Eagles. The Eagles were able to win this game 27 to 17. Now the football team, they went up 10 to 0 after the first quarter, but they were only able to put up seven more points the rest of the game and the Eagles were were able to go up to 27. It was it was uh, Jalen Hurts in this game, uh, 20 to 26, 296 yards, a touchdown, an INT, but also rushed the ball eight times for 38 yards and had two rushing touchdowns. So if you were patient and waited to start Jalen Hurts on Tuesday night in your fantasy league, he performed very well for you with his legs. Dallas Goddard, another big game, another big game for a tight end, seven catches, 135 yards on nine targets. So he is great. Devontae Smith, though, three or Devonta Smith, three catches for 40 yards. Devonta Smith is a great rookie, very talented, but in a Eagles offense where they love, love to run the ball, it might be hit or miss. I think Goddard's probably your number one. Smith could get the big play, but it was Greg Ward on his two catches for 28 yards that he was the guy who was able to catch Jalen Hurts' touchdown in this one. Eagles, though, ran the ball 41 times as a team for 238 yards. Miles Sanders had 18 carries for 131 yards. Jordan Howard, 15 carries for 69 yards. It's kind of a committee there, 18 carries and 15 carries. If Who knows, is Howard going to get in the end zone? Is Sanders going to get in the end zone? Are they going to ride the hot hand? Some Like some teams that we see where you get that, that split, that backfield, that committee, can be tough to start them in fantasy when you're not sure if you can rely on those guys. They even have Kenneth Gainwell, but Gainwell did not get a carry. He had one target in the past game, but another monster performance by the Eagles run game on the Washington side. Mr. Gilbert, uh, Garrett Gilbert, uh, wasn't phenomenal. 20-31, 194 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Hit McLaurin a couple times, two receptions for 51 yards was able to hit his running back Antonio Gibson uh, for six times for 39 yards but other than that not a ton happening in the past game and for Gibson he had 15 carries only 26 yards but was able to rush in a touchdown so if you started started him in fantasy you definitely the six catches for 39 yards was big for PPR the touchdown's always big but only 26 rushing yards isn't isn't what you love to see but still a good running back and Washington falls to six and eight. The Eagles go to seven and seven. So a very, very big home win for the Eagles on this Tuesday, very rare Tuesday night matchup. And Hurts, Jalen Hurts, he surpassed Michael Vick for most rush touchdowns by a quarterback in a season in Philadelphia history. So some a big name there in, uh, in Michael Vick and uh, Jalen Hurts passed Vick, who had nine in 2010. So well done by Hertz. Very, uh, not the best passing quarterback you're ever going to see, but can definitely bail you out in fantasy with his legs as he can rush for one touchdown, rush for two touchdowns, and rush for several yards in a game like we see a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL do this year with, I mean, you got Taysom Hill, Kyler Murray, and I mean, Cam Newton is, he even seems to be rushing well. And Josh Allen, you don't think of him as a rushing quarterback, but had over 100 rushing yards against the Bucks in uh, the game the other week. So a lot of quarterbacks that are able to run the ball, but sadly for Neil, we'll, we'll close it with this for you, Neil. It's tough. Tom Brady 
was kind of leading that MVP charge. But he goes in and he plays a, a very a very bad game for Tom Brady's standards. Not not a good game, not MVP level. He had an interception, he had no touchdowns, only threw for 214 yards. And then Aaron Rodgers goes in and has a very nice game. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. So I think Aaron Rodgers definitely closed the gap on that MVP conversation in Sunday. And I really I really don't want to see Aaron Rodgers get MVP. I want to see Tom Brady get it again. I want to see 44 years old. Oh, I think Neil was saying oldest MVP in any sport to, to get an MVP at his age. So I hope Brady can play better to close out the season. He has some very nice matchups coming up, and uh, we'll hit those matchups coming up on Saturday again as we look ahead to Week 16. Like I said, it's tough for me right now. I'm still living in my in my point one point loss. Point one, point one. So I still still uh, still can't believe that. And already looking ahead to next year, it's it's tough dynasty league. So I got the same team rolling into next year, but we we got the off season and we'll see what can happen. And I hope you are all still playing in your playoffs. You still have a shot at the championship. Neil, I know you do. I'm going to be rooting for you next week. I I know you had guys like Fournette and Mike Evans, and who knows if they're going to be in next week. You might have to roll out Saquon Barkley and uh, probably start Hunter Renfro next week or your Mike Williams. So uh, you're going to have some decisions to make and some injuries to watch this week. But uh, I appreciate all of you listening, jumping on and supporting the podcast. Uh, have, a, have a great week, and we will see you back on Saturday as it will be December 25th. It will be Christmas, so we'll uh, wish you a Merry Christmas here in just a few days. Uh, Have a great week, everybody.